This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish in the Anglican Church of North America in Houston, Texas. Find us online at holytrinityrec.org. Find us on Facebook as Holy Trinity Houston, and on Twitter and Instagram as Holy Trinity REC. Enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. His praise endures forever. The closing line in today's psalm fits well with our response to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need days such as today to marvel and awe at the great work of God to redeem us. No matter the circumstances of life, the celebration of Christ's resurrection brings supreme hope of our own future resurrections. In the interim, God has given us as his church festivals, feast days such as today to mark the time as we inch closer and closer to his return and our own resurrection. The Bible is full of examples of holy days where God's people praised him in worship and feasting for his sustaining grace and saving works. We do the same on this very day on Easter, celebrating with our fellow brothers and sisters around the world. This morning, let us reflect with joy and gladness upon Psalm 111 and our response to the great work of God to raise up his son to defeat sin and death forever. We can divide the psalm, this 10 verses of the psalm, into four parts. The first verse and the last verse sort of serve as bookends, speaking of the praise of God, with the middle two sections giving us the reasons we need to praise God. After opening with the acclamation to praise, we read in verse 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright, in the congregation. This verse tends to deflate the I can praise God just fine anywhere I please crowd. If we think about it, we as the church have had a sizable subculture within that has busily been preparing for the lockdowns of the last year for decades. How? It's the notion that we can worship God alone in nature on a boat or on a golf course or in the quiet of my own home. It's the notion that we, that we don't need to get together as the church with others. We've encountered this in the church in our country for decades. But the only remedy for this is to encourage and to pray for one another to choose to come to worship God, to choose to join with the saints around his table. With my whole heart, as this verse speaks, is our entire being that gives thanks to God. It's the whole heart dedicated to God and submission to God. Our submission and allegiance is from our hearts. Wanting to worship him as opposed to doing it because we have to and we don't really want to be here. As human beings, we all go through stages where we feel both ways. It's part of our propensity of sin, our inability to be perfect. Thank God by his grace that he by his son has secured us and atoned for all these inabilities. 
The last part of our psalm in verse 1 sets the tone for the rest of this psalm of being in the company of the upright in the congregation. Joining together in praise is seen throughout Scripture. It's encouraged. As Hebrews chapter 10 reminds us, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The earthly thing to do is what happened in the Garden of Eden, to do as we please, even if God warned us against it. Seeking the things that are above, as our epistle in Colossians taught us this morning, Part of that is to worship God as his saints. Setting our, thing, our minds upon the things above, part of that is to worship God together. After all, what we see in scripture in terms of heaven, setting our minds upon heaven, verse after verse, whether it's the prophets or revelation, is that what occurs in heaven is worship. And that is our life here on earth as well, to worship God. Our lives are not our own as Christians. They are God's. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. We are called to encourage each other in these heavenly truths, starting with our presence with one another in divine worship. In our zeal to worship, though, we must be cautious that it does not become a striving toward moral and spiritual achievements. You need to know that it is God's finished work in Christ alone through his resurrection that saves us. Not how many times you attend a worship service. It's not about my individual achievements or your individual achievements. No matter how often we attend, we cannot garner enough merit with God to save us. Only Jesus and Jesus alone saves us and assures us of our own resurrections to join in his resurrection. Yes, coming to the Lord's table, coming to worship with fellow believers is important and is healthy for a growing relationship with God. But it's not a merit badge to display as a source of pride. This day is about deep humility and awe and joy for what Jesus did for us in securing eternal life by his death, by his resurrection. It is about enjoying each other's company in the worship of our King and being thankful for each other's presence and encouraged by each other's presence and praying that God would draw others into our midst. Verses 2 through 4 of the psalm speaks of the point that we praise God for all he has done for us, For his works, as verse 2 states, Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in him. Praise is gratitude for what God accomplished for all of us. Easter Sunday is an event each year where we celebrate God's greatest work to fulfill his promise from the very beginning of time to save us, to defeat death, so that we can live for all eternity through Christ's work. In our culture, we tend to shun the need for repetition. While in Christianity, repetition helps us to remember what God has accomplished. Anything great is worthy of our praise and worship and honor, and yes, our repetition. Last part of verse 2 speaks of the great work of God as studied by all who delight in him. Worship and praise of God is to delight in him. Part of this study is of his great works. We pour over and study his word. 
the record of how he saved us in our history, all our days. Our worship itself is full of prayers in the prayer book that are made up of almost 85% quotes and phrases from Holy Scripture and contains readings. Our worship, if you will, is a path of the study of the Word of God through delightful praise. Verse 3 continues this thread. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. His works are indeed great. They're full of splendor. They're full of majesty. They are awe-inspiring to all of us that have come to his faith, that have come to believe, to come to serve him. We call upon his name and worship due to the splendor and majesty of this work. This majesty is what Mary Magdalene in the gospel today caused her to run to Simon Peter and the other disciple to say, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Then, as we read, they went to sea, running together to witness the first signs of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God's work of splendor and majesty of the resurrection of his son brought his disciples, his people, to run, to tell, to run and see. The righteousness of Jesus Christ endures forever. Such love for us of covering us in his righteousness where we had none to offer is cause for us to come to his divine worship on this day. The Christian life is a life of actively seeking him, beginning with divine worship. Then from our worship, we, out of loving awe at his mighty works, go and tell others to bring them in to join us as the body of Jesus Christ, his church. Verse 4 states, He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. Much of our history as human beings, especially as individuals, is forgotten in a short time after the events of our lives. Yet God, in his love of us, used his servants, the prophets, the disciples, and so forth, to record his works, to be remembered in Holy Scripture. The action of attending worship is an act of gathering and praising God in memory of his great works, in memory of the reality of the resurrection. We gather this, this day to remember his great ongoing grace and mercy to all of us in our praise and our worship, through remembering the works that have been recorded for our benefit. Verses 5 through 9 of this psalm speaks of our praise for God because of the provision he has given us to sustain us, to nourish us, so that we may endure to the end in the faith. Verse 5 states, he provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. The Lord's day and coming to Holy Communion to be fed by him, to be provided sustenance by his word and sacrament, is truly a great honor, a great privilege. In coming to his house to worship, we fear God. In living life as Christians in a world that hates God, we fear him. We fear and honor him as loving children dependent upon him for everything. While we are all apt to forget what he has done, thank God that he remembers his covenant forever. This is truly something to be grateful for in our lives, especially being disappointed by others that forget and us ourselves disappointing those that love us in our forgetfulness. 
I remember back in my high school days, my freshman year of high school playing baseball on a squad that had many more talented and much bigger players than myself. I was about half the size at the time. It was an everyday fight just to get the attention of the coach with such a great pool of strength and talent on the team. I had to fight every day for every bit of notice, and even the smallest amount of playing time was longed for and relished, even if it was maybe an inning or two a week. There were quite a few times where I was disappointed when the coach forgot to place me in a game, especially after he promised that he would place me in the game. Thank God our Heavenly Father never forgets his covenant promises with us and to us and provides for our spiritual needs in our lives in Christ, through his word, through his sacrament, beyond our deserving. Thank God he remembers when we forget. Thank God he forgives all our inabilities and all the many times that we've disappointed those that are closest to us in our forgetfulness. Thank God that we in our worship and life in him can pray for the help and grace to love those he's placed in our lives better than we have in the past. All we need to do is to ask for the help we need to depend on him. Verse 6 states, he has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. We praise him in the new covenant as his salvation to all peoples and nations. It's no longer tied to one nation, one region, one race. It is now in Jesus Christ alone. Jesus, after all, is the new Israel. He is the new promised land. We are strangers in this world, sojourners, not tied to one place, one country, one race, but tied to Jesus Christ alone as his body, the church. We serve him as king supreme over all rulers and countries. We rejoice in, this, in praise of his grace, this power of God for us to look to Jesus Christ alone as our king for everything. Verse 7 states, the works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. While the works of the hands of the earthly rulers around us fall short into unfaithfulness and injustice, the work of Jesus is perfect and trustworthy above all else. Our worship of him on days such as today and every opportunity must point to his praise alone. While our hopes and dreams of earthly rulers often is fall short because they fail. His trustworthiness and finished work of redemption to secure our future resurrection and eternity with him is praiseworthy above all else. Verse 8 continues the thread of verse 7. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. Christ alone performed all the precepts of the word of God, the law of God perfectly with unblemished faithfulness and uprightness to save us and to establish us firmly as his believers, as his body, the church. In this love of us, we march forward in this life, encouraged and provided for as we come to worship, to to be renewed, to carry his banner and message to the ends of the earth, shining his light upon darkness. Verse 9 continues, he sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. 
our praise of him today and all worship services is warranted. While we're lost in our sins, he sent redemption in the person of Jesus Christ. This covenant of the blood of Christ is forever. This is truly praiseworthy, and in such praise, we, we can carry on with our lives firmly rooted and grounded in his love to proclaim his praises, not only with one another in the church and worship, but also as we go out through these doors into the world around us. Life in his covenant extends beyond the walls of corporate worship to the worship we render to him through all our words and deeds. Perhaps this is what many mean when they say they can worship God just as well in the sanctuary as they can in the beauty of God's creation. But when such sentiments turn into that is all that I will do while neglecting to meet with fellow believers, we stunt our growth. Our corporate worship prepares us for worship in our lives outside the church. God calls us to live his loving grace in a worshiping manner everywhere we go. Whether it's the golf course or the worst possible situation we encounter. As Paul Tripp wrote, every person, regardless of religious profession, has worshipped their way through every day of their existence. I would even argue that everything you say and everything you do is an act of worship. We're to learn and grow in our praise and worship corporately to carry this into the world. His words, his praise in our hearts and our minds and upon our lips to all situations. Truly, we bear his name as his people, as holy and awesome everywhere we go. We must ask for his help and grace to be able to carry this demeanor into life, especially when we encounter hardships. Instead of giving up, we must ask in prayer and patience for these gifts. Our closing verse ends where the psalm began with the praise of God that endures forever. This snippet of the hour or so we have to worship God once a week and sometimes in between is a mere taste of what will happen after our resurrections at his return. We read example after example in Holy Scripture of what heaven is like. We already spoke about it earlier. Continual worship of Almighty God. The worship we read of is truly glorious beyond our comprehension, beyond our imagination. In the meantime, we live in the healthy fear of God, which is, as we read in the psalm, the beginning of wisdom. The lives we have been given in Jesus Christ are to see that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. He is our promised land. He is our everything. We must use all the opportunities we have to practice his fear through praise and worship. It all begins with the body of Christ, the church. This is where we are called to gather to worship, to call others to join us, to be baptized, to disciple, and to praise him with us, and to gather around the table, as we will in a few minutes, to partake of his body and his blood. From here, we carry this fear of God, into our lives. If we struggle in taking his love outside the place of worship, know that all of us struggle with this and have always struggled with this in this fallen world. Know that Jesus alone lived in the same sinful world we all live and did all of this for us perfectly without spot of blemish. He did this knowing full well we are all incapable 
and that we need his constant mediation with God the Father to enter the courts of praise and thanksgiving to be accepted by his righteousness as he is dearly adopted sons and daughters as he feeds us the bread and the wine, his body, his blood. We are the children of God, and Jesus is with us through the Holy Spirit every step of the way to comfort us, encourage us, strengthen us, and to pick us back up if we have fallen. He is with us every step of the way to draw us closer to Jesus and to his ways over our ways. Truly in him, as we celebrate on this resurrection day and look forward to our own resurrections on that last great day, we experience his praise that indeed endures forever. Let us pray. O most holy and glorious Savior and Redeemer, who for our sakes didst descend from the glories of God to the labors of the earth and didst pass from a painful life to an ignominious death, from the bitterness of death to the darkness of the grave, and by thy divine power didst raise thyself from death to life again. We give thee thanks for thy infinite love to us and to all mankind. We acknowledge thee to be our Lord and confess thee to be our God. We adore thy majesty and rejoice in thy mercies. And we humbly pray thee to enable us with thy spirit to believe all thy doctrines and to obey all thy commandments. That after a holy and religious life spent in doing honor to thy holy name, we may be partakers of thy glorious resurrection, passing from death to life, from the darkness of the grave to the light of heaven, from an imperfect duty to the perfection of holiness, in the fruition of the joys of God, in thy eternal kingdom, O most holy, most glorious Savior and Redeemer. Amen.